Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 32 of Grow Bud Yourself. We have another great show in store for you guys this week. Uh, Finally doing our magical butter giveaway. Uh, We have special guest Amber Center, uh, CEO of Breeze Distribution and Cannabis Entrepreneur. Uh, We have our, as usual, our cultivation segment with aerobic and anaerobic compost tea, as well as grow Q&A for you guys. So stick around for episode number 32 of Grow Bud Yourself, sponsored by Excelsior Extracts, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Diamond Cut Co. Trimming Scissors. All right, and welcome to episode number 32 of Grow Bud Yourself. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the song. And welcome, you guys. Welcome, Mike. How are you? Doing good, feeling feeling good. Strong episode this week. Yeah, finally. Yeah, exciting. New sponsors uh, and a big giveaway. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned this um, in episode thirty-one, but we're finally doing the uh, magical butter giveaway for our Patreon people. And uh, Dan has gone through a very secretive but extensive process to select this winner. Right? You you found somebody to receive this award. Yes, a person at random from our Patreon uh, subscribers, and it. Her, her name is Eileen E. I'm not going to say her last name, but it's Eileen E. Uh, in Massachusetts. So, uh, Eileen, please uh, email us or we will email you later in the week. But if you hear this and uh, you're excited as a winner, please email us at uh, info at growbudyourself.com and uh, we will work out uh, the shipment of your new magical butter machine. Yeah, congratulations, Eileen. Very exciting. And, um, you know, if you are not Eileen, uh, don't worry. We're going to be doing other giveaways for the Patreon people and the listeners out there. So stay tuned for that. Yes, indeed. I got a bunch of stuff to give away, actually, like just a bunch of vaporizers and things. So um, we got a bunch. And I think some of our new sponsors are going to be involved in some giveaways as well. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some giveaways coming up. Uh, Also coming up, we, we actually brought this up quite a while ago uh but th- the idea was that we were going to do a little quiz show by zoom for our patreon people so we would like to get that started but i think the the best way to go about it is to have anyone interested any of our our patreon listeners who are interested in being quizzed by dan and i by zoom for the show uh email us again that is a uh, info at growbudyourself.com and just let us know that you uh, would like to participate. We'll work it out and uh, and yeah, you might be on the show. Indeed. Also coming up, our very first ever newsletter. And again, if you would like to receive the newsletter, uh, go to growbudyourself.com and sign up there. Right on. Yes, indeed. And as I mentioned, we do have a great show for you guys and uh, chock full of information. So I think we should get right to it. I want to uh, definitely introduce, you know, the uh, person that we're interviewing. It's Amber Center. Uh, she is a Coast Guard veteran. She is the CEO of uh, Breeze Distro, uh, which is product development and marketing for cannabis uh, supply chain in California, out of Oakland. 
um, co-founder and executive director of Supernova Women, uh, a very devoted advocate of cannabis legalization, uh, veterans' rights, women's rights, and uh, uh, a bunch of other stuff. So uh, we are very excited to have Amber on the show and talk about uh, her career as a cannabis entrepreneur and activist. Yeah, it was a really cool interview. Um, you know, we had a couple of um, connection issues uh, that made it a little difficult to hear some things. We did our best to to stitch it all together. Um, and uh, it, it is a terrific interview. So we really hope you guys enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, indeed, uh, some sound uh, issues during the interview, but uh, a lot of great information. And uh, definitely was 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 fun to catch up with Amber. Absolutely. So, uh, so what do you say we just jump right into the interview? Yeah, let's do it. We will be back after these messages with Amber Center. Hey, you guys, this episode is brought to you by Excelsior Extracts and their incredible THC infused relief rub. Uh, and now this stuff really works. And uh, I know it works because it's made by our friend Outcast, and she needs very, very strong topicals. Uh, so the Relief Rub is the strongest topical I've ever tried. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts, all one word. Uh, DM them for info on the Relief Rub if you're interested, and uh, give them a follow. Uh, they're great people, and they grow great cannabis and make great products. So thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. And episode number 32 has a very special guest on the show today, uh, a cannabis entrepreneur, Amber Center. Amber, welcome to the show. Hey, hey. What's good? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. So likewise, <laughs> follow- what? I've <laughs> <laughs> been following your exploits. And, uh, you know, um, let's start at the beginning because um, you, you know, you moved to uh, California um, basically to get into the legal cannabis business. But before that, um, where were you and what were you what were you doing? Yeah, so uh, let's see. Prior to moving to California, I was in Atlanta for uh, about 10 years. Um, I was a branding and marketing uh, specialist, but also had um, moonlighting as a grower. <laughs> you know, in, in, a, in a place where that's uh, highly frowned upon, I would say. Highly frowned upon. Georgia, so. you know, yeah. not... Uh, it's, they're coming around at this point, but I'm sure at that time that was uh, a very high-risk activity. Yeah, big time and no light at the end of the tunnel. So I definitely had to like turn to greener pastures and look to California to really do what I love and kind of meld both of my worlds together, you know? It's like this branding and marketing person during the day and then a grow cultivator at night. And um, when I was able to come to California, I, I, I really love it because now I'm able to do both. I'm not so much a cultivator anymore, but definitely able. Well, I mean, kind of a cult, not not a cultivator in my everyday thing, but have cultivation. So 
Um, right. Well, I did see yeah. some amazing uh, gardening work that you did this uh, this summer and fall out in Cali. But uh, uh, our our late friend Mickey Martin played a role in you uh, moving out there, did he not? Yeah, he did big time. Uh, he uh, he was the one who offered me a job here in California and was really the reason why I was able to make the move. Uh, Mickey Martin and Debbie Goldsberry uh, together really helped make my move possible and started my career in cannabis, at least in the legal cannabis industry. <laughs> so they encouraged you to make the move. And you were you reluctant to or were you just worried about landing on your feet and that sort of thing? Yeah, I, I wasn't reluctant. I was super excited about the opportunity, but uh, scared because I, I didn't know anybody here in California, like no one. So um, I knew Mickey through Facebook. Uh, I'd read about Debbie Goldsberry and knew what a pioneer she was, but didn't know any of them uh, personally. So when they offered me the opportunity, um, de- uh, basically Mickey gave me a job and Debbie gave me a place to stay. So um, I jumped at the opportunity. That's amazing. Um, and uh, at the time, Mickey was doing Compassionate. Uh, it was at the Edibles Company because, you know, I've, I knew him uh, for many, many years, uh, the Tainted Truffles days <laughs> long ago. Uh, so, you know, and, uh, you know, we had our back and forth <laughs> at times, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, Mickey right. was an incredible individual. Yes, absolutely. He really I was. I, I won a Mickey. I won like a F Mickey award at, at one point. <laughs> uh, you know, due to my work at High Times and and some of the things that were going on at the time. But uh, you know, he was always straight up and 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 very uh, very much uh, you know a friend. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, you know even you know pushing you know, that friendship <laughs> to its boundaries, yeah. but right. But right. <laughs> Even with exactly. Me, you know, I think he did mm-hmm. with everybody, but he was such a, a vocal out outspoken activist and really broke down a lot of barriers for, um, legal cannabis as it is today. Um, you know, he, he spoke up about a number of different things and I think his head would be spinning now if, <laughs> if he knew I mean, where California an amazing was. pioneer when it comes to, uh, you know, edibles, obviously, just, be, yeah. just with tainted back in those days. I mean, we're talking about, you know, pre pre 215 and, and, and all of that. Uh, you know, he and Chris uh, Bliss and they, they, you know, they were involved in really one of the first big uh edible companies at, that I ever knew of, uh, you know, beyond, yeah. you know, just making, um, you know, pot brownies or whatever, they created a whole brand and, you know, they were, they were right there at the very beginning. Now, when you, uh, started, you were, you were doing, uh, help with his edibles company, like marketing and distribution and promotion and things like that. Yeah. Um, so he brought me out here to help, um, really build the brand and, um, and um, expand the distribution and the retail channels. So um, when I got here, we were in Compassion Edibles was in four dispensaries. And I um, worked really hard over the next six months to get us in 50 (laughs) across the state. And um, that's really how I was able to establish such a wide network and really meet a lot of people was through the introductions from him and just running around hustling uh compassion edibles 
at the time it sounds like Oakland was was a pretty tight knit cannabis world as well. I mean, you had Oaksterdam, you had um, Debbie, um, you know, working I think at Magnolia or. Uh, um, yeah, Debbie had just. Um, it was kind of funny. My first day, first day that I moved here, uh, Debbie had just started at Magnolia as a social media manager. So she hadn't even bought the place at the time. She was just working there. Right. And, and she had been at um, Berkeley Patients Group prior to that as well. Yes. Um, both, uh-huh. both her and Mickey. I mean, just absolute pioneers of cannabis, and and also people who, um, you know, helped to keep the industry, or at least, you know, our part of it honest you know what i mean and, and and not let people get um too far out of um understanding that this is about the plant this is about patience this is about um compassion and wellness and not necessarily just becoming a, a millionaire and uh you know exploiting an industry yeah absolutely the focus was definitely uh different back then very much a focus on compassion and the patients and making sure the patients had access to medicine i was always running around giving away free compassion edibles and that was mickey really believed in giving away free product um, as a means of marketing versus spending a bunch of money on um, uh, magazine ads and that kind of stuff so Right. And now, now how did you go from, you know, sort of establishing, establishing yourself, um, you know, gaining a foothold in the Bay Area to becoming an entrepreneur and a CEO um, of uh, Breeze Distro, which is a, uh, a distribution company? Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that evolution. Yeah. So I uh, worked for Mickey for uh, about eight or nine months or so. And um uh, then I uh, I left Compassion and tried to start my own edibles company. Actually, not even tried. I did start my own edibles company. And um, I had about six accounts. And, uh, you know, it was hard. <laughs> that was my first time doing, uh, just trying to start any kind of uh, company on my own. And uh, I ended up failing, which is okay. You know, I learned a lot, which is what matters. And um, I left from there and started working for a consulting company, learning how to write applications um, for different groups across the country that were applying for um, cannabis licenses. So at this time, uh, we were working in Maryland, and uh, that was when Maryland was going through their first uh, process of issuing uh, medical licenses. So that experience was uh, pretty invaluable because from there I learned how to write uh, winning applications, which is I use all the time now. <laughs> so that that experience was uh, was really good. And then um, uh, I uh, I left from there and started working with Debbie and Ed over at Magnolia. Um, uh, Debbie was the executive director. Uh, Ed was kind of like chief strategy officer, and uh, I was the chief operations officer. And while I was there at Magnolia, um, I ran the place. So I learned how to run a multi-million dollar dispensary, learned how to run a staff of 35 people, uh, learned the ins and outs of (laughs) running a dispensary in West Oakland, which got pretty crazy at times. but um, learned a lot there. Learned a lot about customers, uh, patients, and and all of that. And um, 
um, I met my business partner. He was an investor in Magnolia. And uh, then he and I uh, decided to start Breeze Distro. And so we left um, Magnolia. He was actually a CFO of Magnolia. And we started Breeze together. Um, at the time, it was called Leisure Life. So uh, Leisure Life is now one of our brands where Breeze Distro is kind of the umbrella. And uh, we made a number of different infused products, ice cream, waffles, popcorn, uh, infused pre-rolls, all kinds of stuff. And um, uh, yeah, and now that was uh, three and a half, four years ago. And uh, now we have a number of different brands um, with Breeze. We're in a number of over 25 retail outlets across the state and expanding pretty rapidly, which is exciting. Um, got a number of different projects going on, um, really just been constantly uh, working to uh, uh, expand our operations, but also advocating for our community um, at the same time. And uh, that's been kind of cool because uh, I've been able to really figure out how to advocate on my on behalf of the community and then also um, uh, it helps my business as well. That whole journey has been really fun um, figuring out and and um, navigating this this whole process of licensing and equity and um, all those things. Yeah, speaking of equity, um, you're also involved with Equity Works, uh, an incubator. Um, for companies in in the bay area or is that uh throughout california uh it's specific to oakland so uh equity works incubator is a social equity shared manufacturing facility that's actually funded by the city of oakland uh, with funds that they got from the state and it's uh it's part of the social equity program here in oakland and um, exclusive to oaklanders uh, that qualify for social equity but really cool program. So basically, uh, entrepreneurs that are uh, manufacturers uh, and social equity operators have an opportunity to uh, be in the incubator, create infused cannabis products, and then take them to market. And the facility and the license, uh, the facility is paid for by the city of Oakland. So that's one of the highest barriers of entry for manufacturing and operators is the uh, the facility build out you know it's hundreds of thousands of dollars to build out these facilities and uh, Oakland has basically um, put out funds to where um, someone like me who has this uh, access to a facility like this they pay uh, they pay for the facility for the operators and then pay me to help uh, the operators basically make a solid product and get it on the shelves. So um, that's kind of what I was talking about when um, I mentioned that um, I'm taking my entrepreneurship and uh, not only is it helping me um, because I'm getting paid by the city of Oakland to help folks do this, but it's also helping the community because um, obviously that this is a pretty in, uh, valuable um resource for uh, social equity operators. Yeah. And what's cool is it sounds like you're, you know, continuing the tradition of, uh, you know, how Mickey and Debbie 
and others were were able to sort of bring you in and and, and help you and now you're helping others um, to to also become entrepreneurs in the cannabis space which is amazing um, also tell me a little bit about supernova women and, and what that's all about yeah sure so uh, supernova is a nonprofit. Uh, organization founded in 2015, November of 2015. So we just turned five years old. That was exciting. And um, I'm one of the co-founders. Um, so um, I co-founded this organization with Nina Parks and Sunshine Lencho. And uh, we saw the need for uh, uh, over-policed and underrepresented communities um, to have access to the cannabis industry. And we saw how uh, these communities were being left out um, because they basically just don't have the funds uh, or the access um, to participate in the legal market. You know, um, we founded um, Supernova back when I was working at that consulting firm. And that was kind of like a really big glaring uh, thing there when we were working on all these applications, writing these things, they were hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, just to hire our firm was sixty grand to just write the application. Then the application fee itself was another hundred grand. And then if you actually won, you'd have to pay another sixty grand. So we're like, oh my gosh, like how <laughs> how are any any black and brown folks ever going to be able to afford this? You know. So um, we said, geez, we got to we got to do something about this. You know, this is this is crazy. Um, we have to figure out a way to at least give the information that we know to our communities and um, and figure out a way to break down barriers to help get more black and brown people licensed. So we started um, going to city council meetings in Oakland, uh, really all the meetings, uh, finance committee, health and safety committee, uh, uh, city council meetings, talking to city staff, uh, all these different departments just about um, how we really needed to figure out a way to make sure that uh, communities that were affected by the war on drugs were included in the legal cannabis market. And from all of those discussions came the social equity program, which is the first social equity program in the nation uh, here in Oakland. And um, that was really exciting for Supernova uh, because we were not, we weren't policy people, you know, we're people from the community that were, uh, and just concerned uh, citizens and concerned entrepreneurs. And um, out of that came this landmark legislation that's now been uh, replicated across the country. And so uh, we worked with the, the Oakland, we worked with San Francisco, and then we worked with the state of California to basically establish programs in each each of these places. And um, now, like I mentioned, this is this is a thing across the country, and even in some markets, they don't even allow legalization without this to happen, which is what happened in New York. And um, yeah, it's been um, a journey watching this whole. Um, conversation take place and um, the iterations of the program uh, since its uh, since its inception here in Oakland uh, about three and a half years ago, four years ago now. That's awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of Sativas, and so we have to talk about the Congo Club and what you've uh, put together. 
with this amazing uh, Congolese genetics. Tell me a little bit about uh, uh, how that came came about and, and what that is all about. Yeah, so Red Congo, um, I'm, I'm a fan of... Uh, uh, right, I love all weed, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I'm actually I, I'm a, I'm a really big indica fan, um, but I do like certain kinds of sativas, ones that don't give me those heart palpitations. <laughs> and um, red Congolese and uh, the red Congo is is pretty unique in that it's got a high myrcene content, so uh, it kind of counteracts all of those. So how are you able to uh, actually source this, these sort of rare uh, Congolese genetics? So I, I partnered with um, uh, Red Top Farms out of Sacramento. It's uh, Chris Garrity, and he's been a longtime grower for uh, Harborside. Uh, he was actually, I think <laughs> Harborside might have bought like their first few pounds from from Chris. He's, he's a, an OG in the space, an excellent grower, probably one of the best growers in California. And, um, so we partnered on this, um, on this brand, the Congo club. So basically, uh, Chris has had these, uh, he's been growing red Congolese for like the past 25 years. Um, he is, uh, uh, he actually got, um, these genetics from Reefermand. And um, he's been uh, working with them for uh, these, this, this cultivar for a very long time. Um, and since then, um, he's done a number of different crosses So um, with the Red Congo. So we've got, you know, Red Congolese and we have a White Congolese, which is a uh, um, white alien, or, or I'm sorry, uh, alien OG crossed with... Uh, red Congolese and we've done like a orange cookies, um, red Congo cross. We have a number of different crosses, um, that we've been working with and that we'll be rolling out over the next, um, 12 to 18 months. It's pretty exciting what we have lined up, uh, for the future. Wow. That's great. And, uh, it's actually, you know, won some pretty high praise from, uh, Ellie weekly, our friend, uh, Jimmy over there, um, chose it a, a number of times on, uh, you know, different lists and, you know, pretty amazing stuff, uh, that people can check out at, um, the Congo club on Instagram as well. Um, now what advice would you have, uh, for us out here on the East coast when it comes to, um, you know, eh, equity issues as well as just, you know, f uh, for entrepreneurs interested in getting into the, you know, the industry, yeah, so really all of it requires grit, you know, um, you're going to hit walls, uh, it, it's not easy, these are difficult conversations, and um, grit, as well as community, um, you can't do this by yourself, you can't do this on your own, you've really got to um, pull in um, members of your community, stakeholders in your community, advocates in your community, and really amplify the message. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and, and being a successful entrepreneur, I think you, you do both of those things. You have, you have this grit and you, you're also an advocate. So, um, really it, it's kind of, um, 
a culmination of things to being a successful entrepreneur. But at the end of the day, it's all about um, uh, grit <laughs> because you're going to get knocked down a thousand times and you got to get back up. Now, you, so you mentioned grit, um, and you're also a veteran uh, of the armed forces. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm a veteran of the United States Coast Guard. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure uh, you know some of that grit must come, must have come from uh, that experience as well. Definitely did. Um, and then, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, I didn't realize how much leadership training I had until I um, started. Um, I really got into cannabis and started having to lead teams and lead discussions and and I started really pulling from my background and all these things I learned um, through my officer training in the Coast Guard and and I'm like wow you know this all this stuff I learned did not go by the wayside I use it literally daily you know that's awesome Um, and how can people find out more about, um, you know, Breeze Distro, Supernova Women, all of these projects that you're involved in, Congo Club? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Supernova Women, you can check us out, uh, on our website at supernovawomen.com, as well as on Instagram at Supernova Women, and Twitter too, and Facebook. Um, Breeze Distro, you can find us at Go Breeze Distro on Instagram, um, at breezedistro.com, uh, as well as Facebook. And uh, the Congo Club, uh, you can find us on Instagram at the Congo Club. And um, we'll be po- posting a lot of um, updates with our build-out, um, which should be complete here in the next couple of weeks. And um, there's going to be a ton of uh, pictures of the facility, which is awesome. Be- uh, it's um, a renewable um, very efficient um, uh, facility, LED, state-of-the-art, rec- reclaiming all the water that's used, um, solar-powered. So um, we'll be posting a lot of updates uh, with our new facility as well. well that's awesome. So, uh, well, Amber, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, you know, thanks for all the hard work that you do and, uh, you know, paving the way uh, and, you know, bringing people along with you such an honor to be here thank you so much danny all right well we will be back uh with more after these messages we want to thank you guys for listening this episode of grow bud yourself is sponsored by sweet leaf plant nutrients that's s-u-i-t-e-l-e-a-f plant nutrients Uh, The folks at Sweetleaf have just released a new organic fertilizer line called Sweetleaf Organic, complete with six bottles of liquid plant amendments and two bottles of dry crumble and powdered fertilizer. So please go check out Sweetleaf. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F plant nutrients at www.sweetleaf.com and use code DANKO15 for 15% off your entire order. Thank you, Sweetleaf. Uh, We're so happy to have you as a sponsor again, and the new product line is amazing. Don't forget to check them out. Sweetleaf.com, Denko15 for 15% off. All right, welcome back. And uh, 
great chatting with Amber Center. Uh, really great story and uh, wish we could have talked more about cultivation and also uh, psychedelics and a lot of other things. So we'll definitely have to have her on again uh, in the future because uh, she really is a wealth of wisdom uh, on a lot of different subjects. Yeah, it was great to hear from her and uh, we appreciate her coming on the show. We'll have her on again at some point, as you mentioned, but we are now in the cultivation segment and uh, we have some very interesting news. Yeah, and ex exciting news. Our grow segment is now sponsored by Diamond Cut Co. Diamond Cut Company, uh, the makers of some really incredible premium quality trimming scissors. Uh, they have a special code, uh, Danko20, for 20% off your entire order from their website, diamondcutco.com. And uh, they make amazing scissors. This is like for growers, by growers, um, really great styles, great designs. Um, these are really for the connoisseur. Um, their focus is on premium quality products and um, they're really part of the grow community and their connoisseurs themselves. The designs are conscious and ergonomic. There's a bunch of different models. You can check all of these out online. They have sales on there. Uh, the shipping is free. So please check out diamondcutco.com. Remember to use the promo code DENKO20 for 20% off your entire order from that website. And we want to welcome them as a sponsor for the grow segment. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. You know, and of course, when you're trying to manicure your buds, you want good scissors. So uh, Diamond Cut Co. provides that. And we're, we're very happy to have them on board as a Grow Bud Yourself sponsor. Yeah, 100%. It's pretty cool because I actually wrote them up uh, years ago in high times as like mm -hmm. a, you know, stash award winner, uh, gear page, you know, and, and even back then, it just was a perfect product because... Um, you think about, you know, every single grower needs a good pair of uh, trimming scissors, you know, and we are excited to have them on board as a uh, sponsor. Pretty awesome. Thanks, guys. Yes. So um, welcome to uh, Diamond Cut Co. And uh, welcome to our listeners to the cultivation segment. Um, each week, everyone knows that uh, Dan likes to talk about a topic of cultivation that will help you become a better grower. So uh, what would you like to discuss this week? Yes, uh, this week is a pretty specialized uh, situation because uh, we're talking about uh, aerobic versus anaerobic compost brewing and, and making your own nutrients. And this is a very connoisseur thing uh, for people who are interested in things like compost tea and uh, Korean natural farming and jadam and uh, essential microbes, the EM. Uh, and, you know, there's two different schools uh, of thought, sort of uh, Western school, which is the aerobic. Um, this is what we do when we oxygenate compost tea for 24 hours. And, you know, I've been recommending this for years. This is also, um, you know, the Elaine uh, Ingram Hingham uh, method, just, you know, oxygenating the tea and really activating uh, all the microbes and beneficial bacteria. Uh, and sometimes people do that with all kinds of molasses and things added as well. Um, but really just a basic oxygenated compost tea. And that's really kind of the Western way. And uh, the Eastern way uh, really has sort of three different schools, but all of them are sort of about anaerobic, which does not use oxygenation. Um, and they actually really believe that the oxygenating it is not uh, beneficial. So uh, it's interesting to hear from the two different uh, sides, you know, Western and Eastern, aerobic and anaerobic. And within that uh, Eastern 
anaerobics. Uh, there's three different schools there. Uh, one being KNF, uh, which is the Korean natural farming. If you Google Chris Trump, uh, he's not related <laughs> to <laughs> the other more famous uh, person with that last name. Uh, and he actually is very uh, wise in the ways of uh, IMO, um, which is the indigenous microorganisms, um, and osmotic pressure, um, meaning uh, no water uh, chelation, uh, adding amino acids. Um, basically, you add the water later uh, for sort of mega fermentation. Uh, and that's the Korean natural farming that you could read about and find out a lot about as well on YouTube. Uh, the second school is sort of the EM school, uh, essential microbes, uh, sometimes called EM1. Um, and this was more developed in a lab, uh, Dr. Yoshido. Uh, and this is where you hear about uh, Bokashi, uh, the compost where you're using buckwheat um, inoculated with EM. And, um, you know, there's the three microbes that people use, um, purple sulfur-loving bacteria, PSLB, uh, yeast, uh, single-celled fungus, and um, labs, uh, lactic acid bacteria. Um, that's the EM school, essential microbes. And then there's JADAM, J-A-D-A-M, um, similar to KNF, basically kind of a school of KMF. Uh, uh, IMOs, the indigenous microorganisms. So basically you want to find these locally. They're already existing in your area. Um, and you're basically using those to feed your plants. Uh, and no osmosis, uh, everything's happening through the water in the JADAM method. Um, and all of these are really cheap ways to feed your plants and sort of get off of nutrient bottles if, if that's what you're looking to do. Uh, and it all goes along with living soil and no-till gardening and that sort of thing. So um, just wanted to give you guys an idea of those, you know, the, the Western and the Eastern side, aerobic versus anaerobic, and then uh, the breakdown between the three schools of anaerobic, uh, you know, just so that you could get an idea of it. And then if you want to find out more, just, you know, Google some of those things I mentioned, KNF, EM, JADAM, uh, Chris Trump, uh, Elaine Ingram, uh, and Dr. Oshido. All right. Very good. Interesting grow tip. So thank you for that. And uh, at this point in the show, we like to answer some questions from our listeners. Uh, if you have a question that you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. Uh, you could write us. Uh, our email is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, you could also go to our website. That is growbudyourself.com. Get in touch with us that way. Uh, what do you say we jump right in? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. I also just want to give credit to uh, my buddy Igor uh, Iggy, who uh, I got a lot of that inf information from about those different schools. Uh, he's been on the show, well, in the past when it was still called Freeweed, uh, the previous show, and a great friend uh, and someone who I helped teach and is now uh, in turn teaching me all about uh, more natural ways to grow. So thanks to Iggy. And yeah, let's take some questions. All right. Yes, we all remember Iggy. Um, <laughs> wrote about him in one of my last issues of high times as well uh the yasha farms article in oregon is also about uh iggy and um, natural farming uh which not only is better on the environment but also cheaper to do and uh he's proven that over there so um shouts to iggy yeah i um i spent a week with him one afternoon uh, at a <laughs> cannabis cup <laughs> yep yeah um, anyway <laughs> 
what do you say we jump right into these questions? Let's do it. Okay, first one is from Ben. He writes, uh, hey, Danny and Mike. Thanks so much for answering my questions on the show a few weeks back. I'm ready. I'm very nearly ready to germinate my seeds for my first indoor grow. I have one small grow tent kit arriving with a small T5 light for germinating and the first couple weeks of vegging, and then a larger 8x4 grow tent kit with two 600 watt high pressure sodium lights. Uh, because I'm going for eight plants in a scrog, the screen of green, I'm going to need a fairly long veg period. Will the high-pressure sodium lights be okay for vegging? I've heard that you should veg under metal halide instead of sodium. If I need to use metal halide, can I use the same ballasts and just get a couple 600-watt bulbs? Thanks again uh, for the show, you guys. You rock. Uh, what would you say to Ben? Okay, um, so you, you don't have to use metal halides for veg. You can use your high-pressure sodiums for veg. Uh, but if you really want to, uh, you need to make sure that the ballast you have is switchable between the two styles and not all ballasts are. So if you have one that's just specific to high pressure sodiums, I would definitely not switch it up with a metal halide bulb, um, because, uh, they take different ballasts unless you have a ballast that runs either type of light. So keep that in mind for sure. Um, Thanks for, you know, enjoying the show. And don't worry about just using the high-pressure sodium for veg. Um, your plants will be fine. Um, they're getting a good amount of light. It's not, you know, perfectly ideal. You would want, you know, halides or, or uh, uh, even the uh, ceramic metal halides even better. Um, but uh, you, can, you can veg under uh, HPS, so, you know, don't stress. And, you know, eventually if you want to switch it up, uh, and, you know, combine the two or have metal halide for veg and high pressure sodium for flour, you can do that. Um, but again, like I said, you can do it under the HPS. Okay. Uh, we hope that helps you out there, Ben. Uh, Ben also writes, uh, any chance you could pump out two shows a week as it seems too long to wait, uh, for grow bud yourself to come along. Wow. Uh, you know, at some point, maybe. Or maybe yeah, we'll, we know, would do one for Patreon do... and one for uh, everyone else. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we should do maybe think the thing about one for Patreon people only, and uh, and yeah, that's yeah. actually not a bad idea. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Uh, okay, so um, most of the people who write in are pretty complimentary of the show. They generally like it. Otherwise, why would they listen? Um, but sometimes we get an email that's you know offering a little constructive criticism, uh, like this one from Mike. Who writes, uh, you guys have an excellent podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, please tell Danny to stop saying you know and you know what I mean so often. Uh, last episode on one answer, he said you know, you know what I mean nine times in a short paragraph. It's making me nuts. Other than that, I really love the show. Keep up the good work. I, I just have to say, I haven't really noticed this, but on the other hand... I've been recording with you for nearly a decade now, so I might just be blind to some of your, you know, uh, expressions. I don't know. Quirks and mannerisms. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I will try not to say those things uh, as much <laughs> as possible. Wow. All right. No, uh, I mean? Sorry that Dan's making you nuts, but welcome to my world. Uh, let's move on to uh, no, I Mark. definitely appreciate constructive criticism, so thank you, and I will uh, I'll try my best. Uh, okay, so thank you, Mike. Let's move on to um, Mark, who writes, 
Uh, this one, uh, this is a, a little bit of a longer one. He writes, uh, "Hey guys, first off, uh, I would like you. I would like to thank you for the podcast. I'm currently training for my first ultra marathon and spent a lot of time running each week while listening to podcasts. Uh, I particularly look forward to each Friday as I blaze and then I head out for my run while listening to the latest Grow Bud Yourself." Though I do get some weird looks sometimes as I run through downtown, giggling to myself as I go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a grow question as such, but instead a request for a more in-depth look at ventilation. Grow talk often focuses on things like lights, growing medium strains, etc., while ventilation is mentioned more like an afterthought. I've listened to tons of interviews with growers, and almost all of them point out how important the environment is. So it would be great to get some pointers on how to create that environment. For instance, questions like how to correctly calculate a suitable extract fan size for your setup, uh, in which situations is an intake fan needed, etc. So, um, so what do you think, Dan? Some some tips on proper ventilation? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, ventilation is you know uh, paramount in completely uh, con in controlling the environment, in uh, controlling odor and in changing up the air. So um, as far as calculating a suitable uh, fan size, you want, um, you know, you, you basically calculate your square footage and, uh, you know, not even square because you actually calculate cubed footage in, in a way you want the whole uh, room's foot, you know, square footage. And you calculate that and you want a fan, you know, that's cubic feet per minute. So the cubic feet uh, is, you know, length times width times height. So uh, once you have that, your cubic fan uh, CFM, uh, cubic feet per minute, is going to determine the size of your fan. And you want to basically remove the air in your room every five minutes or so. Some people do it a little more. Some people do it a little less. But if you can kind of dial it into about every five, um, then you have the right CFMs. Uh, but again, that's going to be different depending on your, the size of your setup. Uh, in which situations is an intake fan needed? I mean, pretty much in every situation, unless you're doing an in, a completely enclosed grow, which some people do, um, but you still got to bring in air somehow. Um, and you always want to be sort of sucking out more air than you're bringing in in, the, in that way, um, you know, not to suck in too much. Um, and also, you know, the bends in your ducting affect the efficiency of the fan. And, you know, as I look over your question, there's a lot of interesting stuff here about, uh, you know, running fans continuously or on a timer. That all depends on if you're uh, infusing your room with uh, carbon dioxide, because you certainly, you know, want to shut off your exhaust when you're um, putting in CO2. Uh, let the plants absorb that CO2 and then pull that air out. Uh, so if you're using CO2, you want your fans on a timer. If you're not using CO2, not as important. Um, as far as staggering intake and exhaust fan timers, doesn't really make too much of a difference. As long as one is on, you should have the other one on. And uh, is it a good idea to have your fans temperature controlled? Uh, yeah. I mean, when the temperature hits a certain you know, high degree, you want to be able to suck some of that hot air out. And that's why uh, controllers are so great. You pay a little extra money for them, but you plug into a controller that can actually monitor those things for you, um, whether it's heat or humidity or, uh, you know, any other factors basically that you want to be controlling. So um, proper ventilation is very important. And, uh, you know, certainly how you create your environment for your plants is so important to the 
health and, and well-being of those plants. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you to Mark for pointing that out to us. And we appreciate you listening. Uh, we are running a little long, but uh, we I guess we have time to do just a couple more quickly. Uh, so let's go to Matthew. He writes, Dear fellas, uh, thank you for helping me to push my growing potential. I have two plants that came from the same bag where I found my seeds. Uh, I have been feeding them the same, but one plant always looks like it has too much water even when dry. Please help. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're overwatering, uh, but if it's happening even when dry, your plant's drooping, uh, that may be a different type of issue. Uh, the water could be not getting to your roots, basically, like pouring straight through your soil and out the bottom. Uh, or this could be an issue as far as the pH of that soil as compared to the pH of the soil in the other container, not allowing the plant to live, basically, and, and stressing it out and making it look uh, saggy. Uh, and, you know, so I think it sounds like... Uh, if it looks like it has too much water, it's drooping, uh, and it could be that uh, you're watering too often. Uh, and different plants have different needs at different sizes, so uh, you can't treat every plant the same and expect them all to behave the same as well. So I think uh, your issue is going to be somewhere in that soil. Okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, okay, so thank you, Matthew. And uh, let's do one more here. Uh, this is from Darkoman25. He writes... Uh, hi guys, I love the show. I binged the first 31 episodes in about three weeks. I also bought Danny's book, The Beginner's Guide, and I feel like the podcasts go hand in hand with the book. I'm emailing uh, because I'm in a bit of a pickle. My wife won't let me grow in my basement. I spoke to her about the possibility of growing indoors back in September. She mentioned the idea doesn't sit right with her, just a gut feeling. She's also expressed concern with keeping the product secure from our kids. Uh, we have a three-year-old and we're expecting another one soon. I'm in Illinois, where cultivation is decriminalized. I can grow up to five plants, and if I were caught, it would be a $200 code violation, comparable to a speeding ticket. Uh, I've explained all this to my wife, but she still doesn't want me to grow. Can you give her a call and convince her to let me grow? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, any advice, research, resources you could provide that will help me change her mind? Uh, any ideas on how to keep a grow tent secure? I really appreciate any input. So uh, what would you offer up to uh, the wife of Darkoman25? <laughs> well, first of all, I would say uh, don't, you know, don't push this issue. Uh, you know, I'm married uh, almost 20 years and uh, I, one thing I can tell you is if she doesn't like the idea of it, she's certainly go not going to like it if you go ahead and do it uh, without, you know, approval. And um, so the, your, your first job is basically to either convince her uh, that it's no big deal and that you're going to take care of it and, and keep, obviously keep it out, you know, away from the kids and, and, you know, all of that. But, uh, at the same time, if she's against it as a possibility and an idea, um, you know, once she starts, you know, smelling that smell coming up out of the basement, uh, which is almost inevitable when you're growing and harvesting and, and drying and, and curing and all that. I mean, it's in the same house. Uh, and at that point it's going to drive her nuts. And uh, it could really get in the way of your relationship. And so my first advice is not to grow uh, at all. Uh, and basically, you know, 
either. But but say it wasn't a um, a marriage situation. What advice would you just give somebody who was up in the air, say, about whether they should uh, grow in their home in Illinois with the right. decriminalized? Growth? I mean, honestly, if it, if you're up in the air about it and you haven't even started doing it, then I would recommend not doing it because uh, it's a commitment. It's something you really have to uh, take care of a lot that you're taking on, uh, and it has repercussions. And those repercussions could be. Uh, you know, your this your security. There could be uh, you know things with repercussions with your family, and uh, you know it, it, your your wife is is right that it it you know it puts you at risk. Even if um, you know even if you're not caught, it's technically you know still uh, something that you're doing in your home that's risky. And so you know, I mean, you can there's ways that you can you know mitigate that risk and convince your wife that those you know those risks are worth you know you growing and if it's you know it's hard for me to come up with that because i don't know you and i don't know your wife but um you know my advice would be you know show her the book uh you know maybe get her to listen to a couple of episodes growing you know it's a hobby and it's it, it's a a thing but if you take care of the odor and you take care of the plants and you uh take care of the security part of it um, you know, maybe there's a way to convince her. I don't know. But um, my first inkling upon, you know, reading what you're saying is that, you know, uh, you really probably should just hold off on it until you have that green light and that it's like a bright green light and not a hesitant green light because it's going to get worse when you're actually doing it and you're actually involved in it. And uh, like I said, if you're in the basement and she's one floor up above your grow, uh, it's going to cause some odor and, you know, possibly some resentment and <laughs> well, yeah. okay. Just, uh, just real quick, uh, I hate to be, you know, like a, a, a pill about it, but mm. that's the reality of the situation. You happy uh, wife, happy as, life as to yeah, exactly. Uh, but as to his other, uh, question there, just very quickly, uh, ideas on how to keep a grow tent secure. Yes. I mean, uh, keep it in a locked room, uh, that your kids can't get to and, and, you know, have no access to, uh, make sure you have proper ventilation and odor control going on at all times, have a place also secured, not just to grow, but also to dry and cure, uh, your plants. That's not going to seep up into your, you know, living area. Um, make sure all of those things are taken care of and you may be able to pull it off. Uh, you know, the, the only thing is, you know, you just make sure she's, hundred percent on board and you know part of that is convincing her how important it is to you but also uh you know what the benefits are for you for uh you know maybe maybe there's a way to do it i don't know but good luck wow danny downer over here all right um <laughs> hey man I, i'm just being realistic like yeah do you, you know it, you want to grow good. or you want to be married right do you know what i mean like yeah that's the type of decision you're facing. So um, if it's that way now, it's going to get worse unless you fix it and make it right. So good luck, and I uh, hope it works out. Sorry about that, Darko Man 25 but uh, thank you for writing in. Thanks to everyone who wrote in, and thank yeah, you if, all. If people for... out there disagree, man, feel free You know, hit us up with, uh, with you know, what your advice or uh, research or resources you could provide, um, you know, and maybe we can help this guy uh, – convince his wife to let him go get a good lawyer 
anyway, uh, thank you all for listening to uh, the Cultivation segment sponsored by Diamond Cut. Uh, we are going to take a little break, but then when we come back, we're going to wrap it up. What do you say, Dan? Let's do it. All right, welcome back, and I believe this is the wrap. It's time to wrap it up. Yes, indeed. What a show. Um, I definitely want to thank DJ Jacques and Winstrom. Um, remember Eileen E. from Massachusetts. Get in touch. You have won the Magical Butter giveaway uh, specific to our Patreon followers. So follow us on patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Um, you can start there for just $4.20 a month and get exclusive content from us, including tons of video and uh, giveaways and contests and new stuff we're going to be doing on Patreon. So uh, check us out over there. We also have a new website, growbudyourself.com, uh, where you can check us out as well. Listen to all the different episodes, sign up for our newsletter, uh, which is a new thing as well. So we would love to have you guys check that out. Um, thank you to Amber Center, uh, cannabis entrepreneur, CEO of Breeze Distro, and much more uh, for being on the show. Thank you to all of our sponsors, Excelsior Extracts, uh, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, Diamond Cut Co., Trimming Scissors. So Danko20 for 20% off at sweetleaf.com. Danko15 for 15% off at diamondcutco.com. And uh, Vapor.com, where you can also get uh, 15% off with the code GBY for Grow Bud Yourself. Yeah, man. Lots going on. A lot lot of good ways to save some cash on stuff you want to buy. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And uh, like I said, our newsletter sign-up is at our site, growbudyourself.com. Check it out. Tell us what you think. Sign up. uh, Patreon.com slash Danny Danko. And yeah, man. Episode number 32. It's a good one. Should we put it in the books? I think so. (laughs) All right, man. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Thank you for your support. Thanks for listening. And have a great one.